Welcome to another episode. I am your host, W-I-Z-E, and I'm excited. My next ghost is a, my next guest, guest is an entrepreneur, coach, fellow podcaster, and author. Welcome to the show, David Kitchen. Hey. What's going on? What's going on, man? Glad to be here. Oh, the pleasure's all mine, brother. The pleasure's all mine. So you you have quite an amazing story. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Yeah. All right, so I mean, I, can, you, can you share that pivotal moment or realization that inspired you to transition from one of the youngest NCAA strength coaches to, to a leadership consultant? Yeah, man. I, uh, so I was fortunate to have the career that I had in, in strength and conditioning, um, you know, 10 years in the industry and, and it's, it's a tough place to be, man. It's a tough place to live. Um, but basically there was two prongs. So one, I had always been entertaining this, this idea of leadership in the back of my mind. Like it's always something that really, um, resonated with me, something that I was really interested in. It led to my degree in sports psychology, my master's degree. Um, and so it was something that I had always had an interest in and a passion for. Uh, so that was there. And then the second piece was, you know, we, when you at the division one level, you're attached to your head coach. And so if he leaves, you're fired or you can interview for your job and hope that the next guy keeps you. Right. So it's, it's, it's a brutal business, man. It's tough. And we had come off a 22 win season at Georgia Southern. The NCAA tournament had just got shut down because of the pandemic and our head coach, the way I found out that our head coach took another job was literally, we got off the bus and he said, go see your family. My family was in Pennsylvania. I was living in Georgia at the time. I flew up to Pennsylvania and I get off the off the plane and my ESPN alerts are blowing up and he had taken another job. Right. So I had just seen him a couple hours earlier. He knew he was taking the job. We just never had a conversation about it. Right. So that was just a harsh reminder to me that like this thing is a business, dude. And and you are always attached to the people around you. And it's no hard feelings for him. And it was a great opportunity for him. Went on to be very successful. It was it was a phenomenal move for him. But it was just a reminder to me that this is a business. And that was kind of the moment for me that I woke up a little bit and I was like, I need to control my own future. I need to control my own destiny. Um, and for some people that might mean working a nine to five, but for me, um, it was, I'm going to start a business, right? I'm going to launch a business. And so I had a conversation with one of my players who was the best player um, and the best leader that I had ever coached, right? He's making a lot of money now playing his sport. And he said, coach, I've been the best player on every team I've ever been on. And everybody's always telling me to lead, but nobody ever taught me how. And that was like the light bulb moment for me. Like that was the last piece of confirmation that I needed um, to, to launch this business and to step away. So, you know, sent out the text messages to the friends and family and just said, hey, guys, you know, the ride's over. Um, it's time for me to do something different. And flash forward three years, man, here we are. So you, you started the, the Edge Leadership Academy. What is your core mission with that? The biggest thing for us is to arm people with the skills that it takes to be a leader in their life, a leader in business and a leader in athletics or whatever endeavor they choose. Um, but who we are, man, we're built, not born. Right. So a lot of people say uh, successful people are born with certain things or whatever. I just don't believe it. Right. Because I'm from a single parent household. I never met my biological father. My stepfather was an addict. Like I I've been there. Right. And so I statistically shouldn't be where I'm at, but I'm here because I built a set of skills. And as I got access to high-performing athletes, high-performing coaches, entrepreneurs, I realized they're not special either, right? 
And so our core mission is to remove that barrier for people and get them to understand that leaders are built, not born. Whether it's a leader in industry, a leader on the field, a leader in the family, a leader in the community, these are skills that you can learn. These are skills that you can build over time um, and you can become whatever you want to become. We want to be the driving force behind people's success. So, so how does your background in strength and conditioning influence your approach to, to leadership development? Oh, it's got a huge, it, it, it's got its fingerprints all over it, man. Um, because strength and conditioning is such a beautiful thing because you're literally asking people to fall in love with the process, right? Because you don't get strong in a day. And, and I can't, I don't care if you're the best strength coach in the year or best strength coach in the world. I can't make you strong in a day. Just like I can't make you a great leader in a day. And I open my keynotes with that all the time. I'm not a guru. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you, if you listen to me for an hour, you'll walk out of here and be the world's best leader. What I do is I ask you to engage in the process and I'll give you the steps along that process. So for strength and conditioning, if I want an athlete to be more powerful, then I need to build their max strength. I need to build their, their power development, right? Those are key elements of it. For leadership, if I want you to be a better leader, I need to build one of the five main characteristics of leadership. And so it's the same, it mirrors it very much so. And I think that's um, what kind of set us apart from the beginning with this business was the fact that in strength and conditioning, everything is working on a reverse engineered type system, right? So you look at the end result that you want and then you play it backwards and that's where you start. And it's the same thing in leadership. So when I started working on my PhD in psychology, the first thing that I did was I started looking at what are the top traits of leaders, and then from there, I just reverse engineered it. Okay, if one of the top traits is character. Well, what are the things that go into character? Well, it's self-awareness. It's knowing your vision, your mission, and your values. It's having a clear identity, right? All those things go into character. So to, to say that I've separated um, strength and conditioning and, and leadership would be a lie. You know, it's influenced every step of the way. And, and I'm so grateful for that because I think I bring a really different approach um, to teaching leadership than a lot of other people. So, so how does psychology play a role in your coaching and leadership development programs? Same thing. Fingerprints are all mm -hmm. over it, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the understanding the human mind and understanding the human experience is, first off, it's, it's interesting. And I nerd out on it um, as much as I'm a meathead and I love to lift weights. I also love to understand the human mind. Um, but to understand motivations and perceptions and the way that we experience the world and how that's shaped by our values um, and our own experiences and environment is is a really unique trait, a uh, really unique skill set to have. Um, and it allows you to paint a more broad or not more broad, a more specific picture of the type of leader that you want to become. Right. So by understanding yourself, you can relate to others better um, and it allows you to be more empathetic. Right. So my approach to leadership is that no matter what industry I'm working with, whether it's somebody in corporate America or it's somebody on the athletics field, like I tell I tell them all same thing and that's that we're in the people business i don't care if you're selling shoes you're selling cars you're trying to get somebody to run an 80 yard um sprint you know we're all in the people business and leadership is selfless influence and the only way that you can do that is if you know who you are you know what you stand for and then you can start to relate to other people and, and from an empathetic way and understand where they come from and what they stand for and then together you can fight for the mission so so you mentioned you come from a single single family household, single parent household, like myself. Um, I was raised by my mom. Um, how, how has that impacted you being raised by your mom? And I, I think your grandmother played a, a part in that as well. 
How was yeah. it? I, I was raised by two strong women. I was raised by my mom yeah. and my older sister. How has that kind of had an impact on you on how you do things as well? That best gift I was ever given. That's what that's that's my exact quote about it. Um, every time I'm asked, it's the best gift I was ever given. Being able to see uh, a mother and a grandmother, two strong women, step into those roles. I think I was available, uh, able to avoid some of the pitfalls that a lot of young men fall into, which is like you have this um, cornered idea of what masculinity is. Again, depending on what your father figure is like, but kind of the traditional um, gender roles and the traditional leadership roles within the household. Like mine was completely different. My mom was the one at football games. My mom was the one there. Um, teaching me how to tackle, teaching me how to catch a football, do all those things. Um, so I think it, it greatly influenced me. I think it, it allowed me to be more empathetic and, and listen to people and want to relate to people. Um, I think it also gave me a, a level of grit, right? Like I watched, I watched my mom struggle and I watched my mom work and I watched her pick herself up day after day. Um, and so to me, there was no other option, right? Like when I went into life, like I, it was very clear to me, like, quitting is just not an option to me. You, you just got to keep working. Like it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from um, to watch my mom go from the fact that we were, you know, packing uh, Salvation Army lunches for, for other families. And I thought that they were for other families, right? I was young. I didn't really realize it. My mom would always make sure that we grabbed them and, and got one, even though we were the ones packing them and, and giving them out. And I never realized it, it was like, oh, we are that family. Even though, even though we're helping those people, we're that family too. Like, we need this help. We need the support, right? And so to watch her go from that to where she's at now, which is, you know, running the best Alzheimer's care unit in the state of Pennsylvania um, and speaking all over the state and, and doing these things, I'm like, oh, you can literally build yourself up to into, into anything that you want, no matter what you're going through, right? So I, I think, yeah, you know, coming from that single parent household, like I said, it's, it's the biggest gift I was ever given, man. It was uh, a really unique childhood, um, but it's it shaped me into the man that I am. I actually live in Pennsylvania now. I'm a, I'm a Brooklyn boy. I live in the Pocono Mountains in uh, Northeast okay. Pennsylvania. Welcome um, to the sticks. I'm, I'm not far from you, man. I'm Central Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, I, I, like I said, uh, I was raised by my sister, and my mom, and and that's where I get a lot of my empathy from, and a lot of the things that that make me who I am because because of the way they raised me. I had my brothers around me, so I had those male figures in, in my life to show me play sports and all that. But the core values of 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 are for my mom. Like she, her house was an open door for everyone. Anybody. Like regardless if we didn't have much in the house, her doors were open, always open to family and friends that needed it. So that's mm -hmm. where I get a lot of this, a lot of the, the empathy and all the caring. I get it from her and my sister, because they they've always been those that those members of the family that, regardless of how much we don't have, if we have more than someone else, we're always willing to share it. it it's it's yeah. there's no doubt. There's no doubt that that's where I get it from because, like I said, my mom's door was open to anyone who came from Puerto Rico or from any other state to come visit. Her house was the house that people came to visit because that's how she wanted it. Yeah, and I, I think it, it over time, man, you, once you grow into your own as a man, like, I'm not afraid to lead with love now, right? Like, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not afraid. Like, I think I have both sides um, in me, especially now that I've grown and now that I've matured and lived life and, you know, experienced things. Um, I, th I think I have both sides of me, but it, it it's not 
I'm not afraid to lead with empathy. I'm not afraid to lead with love. I'm not afraid to, to do those things. Um, you know, and I think that that's because it was, it was modeled for me at a young age. Right. So I almost got, got to become my own version of what a man is. Right. And, and figure that out along the way by taking the best pieces of the mentors that I had throughout my journey. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't forced with, uh, and, and not that, you know, having a father is a bad thing, but like, yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, given this mold of like, this is what a man is. To me, it was, I got to go through life and look at the men that were out, were in my life, whether they were friends, friends, fathers, coaches, et cetera. And I got to say, okay, I really respect this about this person. I'm going to take that, that part. So it's almost like a patchwork um, fatherhood type deal for me. Uh, and 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 I and I and it, it was similar for me because I had uncles and cousins that that were older that they played an impact they played a part their part and and help help helping me develop as a man and everything. But uh, again, if it wasn't like you're talking about leading leading with love, if it wasn't for that for my mom and my sister, I wouldn't be able to do that as well. It, they they Absolutely. they showed me to that they showed me that path and and. And I'm forever grateful for that. And I'm, I'm like, I got to reunite with my dad after 25 years, only to reunite with him Father's Day weekend and and lose him that's like the next day. Oh, wow. So it, it, it was like, but for me, it was closure because I got to speak to him and I had already forgiven the fact that he wasn't in my life. But to be able to tell him and express it to him, they, it kind of gave me closure on, on that fact but again had it not been what my mom instilled with me i don't know like because it, it was crazy because in no way I, I lose my wife in a car accident and i reunite with my dad in 09 just to lose him so it was like i lose my wife and I, I reconnect with my dad only to lose him and, and it was crazy because, like, in a five-year span, I lost my wife, my dad, two brothers, uh, uncle and aunt that helped raise me. It was like it was just one tragedy after another. And it was like, for me, it was, what, why, what, why am I such a bad person? What am I doing wrong that all this is affecting me? But my, it was crazy because my wife had prepared me in a way because she introduced me into the world of self-development and self-growth. And, and something I, I didn't know about it is not like i'm from the hood it's not something that they practice in the hood they don't teach you that you need to start reading these books you need to learn from these mentors you need to seek out mentors to help you develop these, these aren't things that you're taught and so when she introduced me to that world it kind of prepared me for what was to come even though i was lost for a while and and, and it took me a little bit of time to to get back on that path it it kind of prepared me for that it it, it yeah. It showed me and, and it got me and I got back into self-development. I've been reading more and, and I, and I, it's really been, it's been the last 10 years have been um, since the shift, since I shifted and, and went back into self-development, my life has changed. I've, I'm remarried. I got a beautiful wife. That's very supportive. I have a, a wonderful job that pays well. I, I moved from New York to Pennsylvania to get away from the city and the hustle and bustle to like more relaxed and, and, and and more and more peace and so with that shift and, and getting back into self-development it, it's been a blessing what has self-development meant to you everything everything i would not be here um if, if i didn't find those things like 
you know, similar to you. And thank you for sharing your story, by the way. I think that's really powerful. And I appreciate you, you open up about that. Um, you know, I, th I think self-development to me in one way or another saved my life. Right. So I, I say that to say when I was in college, so when I was in high school, I had to raise my brother. I had to help raise my brother. And so I had to hold myself to a certain standard because he was watching. And so I held all these immaturities inside because I couldn't show them outwardly, right? Because I had to be like the dad. When I got to college, nobody was watching. And so it was like a pit bull off the leash, man. I, I, every childish, you know, impulse that I had, I, I played it out in college. Partying Wednesday through Sunday, fighting, talking back, disrespecting like rules, like just everything that you could possibly do, I did. And it wasn't until I graduated and I started coaching high school football that I realized like, oh, wait, I have to be a role model again. I have a responsibility. I have to take responsibility for my actions, right? And I had a college coach say to me uh, during my career, and he said, Kitch, at some point, you got to learn to be the guy instead of being that guy. And I had no idea what he meant, right? He was talking about self-development. He was talking about developing my character. And part of that was I didn't know who I was. And so as I got through college and got into coaching, I did a ton of deep work on myself and figuring out what is my vision for my life? What is my mission? What is, what am I put on this earth to do on a daily basis? What are the core values that I fight for in my life and getting clear on that stuff. And then from there, once I had that foundation, being able to start opening up different windows and figuring out, all right, how am I going to be consistent in chasing this vision and mission every day? How am I going to start to curate my friend group? Like, how am I going to make sure that I'm surrounded by the right people and getting away from the wrong people? How am I going to learn to emotionally regulate and, and be consistent in what I do so that I'm worth following, right? Because at the end of the day, if you want to be a leader, you got to be worth following. You got to be going somewhere worth going. And so my big thing was I'm never going to stand in front of a group of 18 to 22 year old kids, which is what I did on a daily basis. I'm never going to stand in front of them and lie. Just like I won't stand in front of my clients now and try and preach them something that I'm not practicing, right? So self-development was the key to me becoming the coach that I became, the man that I am, the business owner that I am, the friend that I am, all those things. And it's a never-ending process, man. Yeah. It's a never-ending process. It's, it's I got through a certain layer. And then, like you said, there's seasons to life, right? I, I get through coaching. And then all of a sudden, I got to go through another identity shift. Because now I'm no longer a coach. Now I'm a business owner. I got to figure that out for the first time. Now I'm trying to do all these things. I'm an entrepreneur. I wasn't prepared for the stresses of that. You know, and then I get hit with, I get an anxiety and depression diagnosis. And I go through that for six months and I almost lose everything, right? And self-development helped me pull myself out of that hole. Like learning to meditate, learning to expand my mind, learning to journal, learning to do those things. So every step of the way, when I've seen my life, elevate and seeing things in my life change it's been a direct result of the work that i've done on myself and then giving that light to other people right showing other people the way yeah no it, it's it is because for me um actually being able to do my podcast and like when i first started it was uh it was as hard as a solo podcast mm -hmm. and then i i didn't enjoy it because it was during the time the pandemic had just hit I was furloughed from work. Um, I was home, not really doing much, just just going racking, going crazy at home. And 
I had been wanting to start a podcast and I was just kept, kept making excuses. That's why I named it Stuck in My Mind because I was in my own head. I was like, nah, you're going to sound horrible. Nobody wants to listen to you. Why would you want to do it? So I was just just making up excuses, making up excuses. And when I finally decided to do it, I launched it. it was Like I said, it started off as a solo podcast. And then I enjoyed the podcast, but I just wasn't enjoying the content. I felt like, man, I want to interview people. I want to sit down and start talking to people about self-development, self-growth, and, and their journeys and what they're experiencing and what they're going to. And for me, that really clicked. That really, when, when I got my first guest to come on, which was a friend of mine, shout out to uh, Tracy Mueller for coming through and, and helping me. And it, it was like, this is what I want to do. I want to interview people. I want to, I want them to share their stories because maybe there's someone out there that might want might need to listen to it, that might need to hear it. And, and it's been amazing, man. Some of the responses that I've gotten even recently, um, I, I had done an interview last year with a friend that we recorded the first, she was one of my probably one of my first guests early in, in my podcasting career. And I got her back on because then, because at that time I was just doing audio. I wasn't doing video. And so when I transitioned to video, I interviewed her last year. And and I had, for some reason, I, I don't know why I didn't release it. it. It just, it stood in my, in my, in my bank with all the other ones. And just recently I was looking for an audio episode to release and I was looking and I saw hers. And I was like, I didn't release this episode. So I released it. And when I released it, I filled out the description and everything. I put, I picked the picture that she, that looked amazing of her and I used it for the thumbnail and everything and tagged her in it. Like she, she messaged me later on and was like, yo, She's like, is this the episode we recorded last year? She's like, thank you. Because I haven't been that person. I haven't been feeling like that person. Like the description about her and, and everything was, it was a wonderful thing. About, and, and that's how I felt. And she's like, I need, she's like, I haven't been myself. I haven't been feeling like that person. She's like, I forgot we did this interview. And it, it was one of the first times that, her own words, her own interview helped her. It impacted her because, again, like she, like I said, she wasn't feeling herself. And to see those words describe her, and she's like, oh, you picked the perfect picture of me. Thank you. That's like one of my favorite pictures. I feel so beautiful in it. And when she when she said that, it was like, okay, this is it. This is, this is why I continue to do this, to have that kind of impact. If it's just one person that I'm impacting, I am doing what I'm supposed to do. And I, and I was, and that, honestly, I didn't know why I picked, I was like, you know, I have, I'm like, something just said, release this episode. Like this yeah. is the episode you have to release. And to have that impact on her and have her message me and tell me like, thank you. That that's, this is why I love doing these interviews and having these conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's cool. Cause you, you never know, like, you never know who needs to hear a message and you never know when that message needs to be said, right? Like there's certain things, like I love going back to like my old journals or like my old notes or stuff and just being like, oh man, like I, I take that differently now, right? Like, mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Like it hits different because of who I am now versus who I was then. And so, so interesting to be able to look back and see your own mindset, how you've elevated, how you've grown, how you look at things differently. Or as a reminder, like you're saying here, 
as a reminder of like, hey, no, this is who I am. Like, this is even though I'm going through this season of life that's really testing me and really challenging me, this is who I am in my core. And that's the power. That's why I'm so such a huge advocate and so passionate about people writing down their vision, their mission, and their values, because you need those reminders. Even the best, even the best. Listen, I get in seasons of life, man, where I'm getting my butt kicked. And it's like, I need that reminder of, no, dude, this is who you are. This, this is who you are in the storm. This right here, you need to be excited about this adversity because it's going to give you an opportunity to answer the question that most people run away from, right? Are you who you think you are? Are you as tough as you think you are? Are you as, as gentle as you think you are? Are you as caring as you think you are? Can you hold your ego in check through this season of adversity? Like that stuff excites me now. But again, you need those reminders to anchor you in that of who you are and what you're about and what you're put on this planet to do. No, you're absolutely right. And and, and it's funny because I'm, I'm 47 years old. And when I started my podcast, I was 44 or whatever. And I didn't really know my purpose. I didn't know. I didn't really think of it. I didn't really. And so when I started doing my podcasting and then I did receive messages from people like, yo, keep doing. Because, again, I'm in, you, you're your own worst critic. And I'm always I'm like, oh, man, this sucked. I sound. And then when people people like listen to the show, they like, dude, nah, what's wrong with you? Like, no, nah, they're like, you have that voice, man. You have a voice. You have that. Keep doing it. Just and it, it was just like you get that little self doubt in you, and then but then when you start receiving those messages, and you're like, right, maybe I am on my right path. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. And it, it's 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 been a blessing to be able to find my voice and being able to find that. Hey, listen, you can make an impact. Continue to do what you're doing. You're touching people's lives. You're, you're changing. I had a conversation, like one of my earlier episodes, earliest episodes, I had a conversation with a high school friend. And we were talking about self-development. We talked about, because he's uh, he's one of the hottest real estate agents in Brooklyn right now. He's killing the game. And we had a wonderful conversation about self-development, growth, and things that we were doing. And someone who went to high school with us saw that episode and they had been on the fence about entrepreneurship, going into their own, starting their own business. And then hearing two people that they grew up with and that they knew personally talk about it, talk about self-development, talk about entrepreneurship, talk about all this. It gave them to, the courage to start that business, to go they're on the fence, like, uh, I don't know. But then hearing like two people that you know personally talk about it and 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 give details about how what they're doing and and they sent me a message like thank you i needed that episode to hear y'all talk about like hearing two people that i know personally talk about things that i have doubt about and realizing that look at these are two guys that i know personally they're doing it why can't it not, why can't i do it and so right. again to have right. that type of impact is what i love to be able to to touch someone's life like that where they, they're on the fence on anything and then me or my guests say something that impacts them and they're like yeah that makes sense and, and so well, and, and you're you're exposing people you know you're exposing people to to success right like you can't you can't be successful if it's foreign to you yeah you know and and success in whatever whatever definition you you have of it for yourself but you can't mm -hmm. be successful if it's foreign to you you got to speak the language so you got to expose yourself to it, right? And so listening to podcasts 
watching videos, eBooks, getting out and being in the right social circles, all that stuff, you start to make those connections. And then that's when the change happens, right? That's when people start to make decisions and say, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to do this. I'm going to take the leap um, because there's such a disconnect between who we think these other people, these quote unquote successful people are and who we are. We're like, Oh, the, the gap is so big, but it's really not. It's really not. It's it's a series of experiences and information that you can find, right? And so exposing people to that is so important and it's so powerful. And on your side, man, this is the beautiful thing. And this is the way what I want you to hold on to, man. And I know I'm giving you your flowers here because this, this is cool. You're the one, right, in your family. So what, what I mean by that, if you look back in, in families, whether it's somebody that's generational wealth, generational wealth, they have generational wealth, whether they're extremely physically fit, whatever the family is, if they're successful by some metric, right, they weren't always that way. Somebody in that family bloodline, somebody in that family tree changed it. Somebody in that family tree changed the way they think about business, changed the way they think about self-development, changed the way they think about relationships, changed the way they think about fitness, about health, about what's possible, about education, right? Every family has one person like that. And by you hopping on the mic and diving into your journey, you're being that one for your family. And not only that, you're allowing other people and you're empowering other people to be the one for their family. Like that comes with a responsibility. Like I feel like I'm the one for my family. Yeah. And, but it's also, it's an honor, right? It's an honor and it, and it should give you drive. It should give you passion and reaffirm that you're doing the right things because somebody in your family bloodline, somebody in that family tree has to be the one that steps out because each generation is just going to get better. If you're, if you take on that responsibility. And, and it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was younger, I didn't realize that my aunt was the one, was that one. She's the one who brought her family over from Puerto Rico. And, and, and at that, when I was younger, I didn't know what entrepreneur is, but it was her. She she owned rental mm-hmm. properties. She had a a, a a a social club that she had, and she was a she was a grinding hustler, and she was an entrepreneur. And and it, and it took me to get older to realize now, like. Even after her passing, now after her passing, I'm realizing like she was that one for us. She was the one that made that change for us. She changed. She impacted a lot of lives by bringing her family over here. And 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 now that I look at it and see, I'm like, man, she was that entrepreneur. She was that first one in our family that really was owning rental property and owned multiple rental properties. I had a little social club where people came and had their drinks and all that and everything. And she ran numbers. She was she was a hustler. She was a hustler, but she she did her thing. And 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 that and now when I'm older, I'm realizing like she was that one. Now it's now my mm-hmm. turn to continue that legacy, and, and and be the one for this upcoming generation and everybody else to look like my grandkids and everyone else to look at me like, but that's my pop pop. He's doing some amazing stuff. Look at him on TV. Look at him on TV or whatever it is, YouTube, whatever it is. So it, it's 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 amazing as the journey progresses that you start realizing things from your past that you didn't notice when you were younger. Definitely. You learn so much, man. And there's, and there's so many people that close the book on the past and they don't look back and look for the lessons, right? That the, the past is a beautiful thing to learn from. The past is a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to look back and say, Hey, look at the lessons. Like everybody's life is like a hallway, right? And there's doorways on each side. And if you open those doors, there's all types of information and, and lessons and, and things that you can pull from that 
that can make your life better, right? And then as you get further along in your life, you got to look back down your own hallway and revisit those doors a little bit and say, hey, what, what did I learn from this season of life? What were some things that I can pull out of here that maybe I didn't realize or maybe I wasn't? Because as we talked about earlier, you're not always in a place to pull the lesson out, right? Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe your mind wasn't open to it at the time, or maybe it was so emotionally charged that you have a different perception of it back then. And you've just held on to that perception, right? And you never sat down and really investigated and analyzed what happened during that time in your life. And now you can look at it and say, without the emotion, oh, here's what was going on there. Like, yes, X, Y, Z happened, but also here was my role in it. And here's these things. And I'm glad I'm not that person anymore, or I'm glad I am that person now, right? Whatever it is, but we have to revisit our past and we have to be willing to sit with that uncomfortable feeling of the chapters that we, we tend to skip, right? Especially when we tell our story, like a lot of people tend to skip those dark and gloomy days because they don't want to revisit them. Uh, for me, man, that's what makes your story what it is, right? Like superheroes are all born from something dark, mm-hmm. you know? So you, you have to, you have to own those stories and own those scars. And at first, when I first started, I was kind of, I didn't share my story. And then when mm-hmm. I finally did, I realized the impact that it has. Like I, I've like to lose my wife at 31, right. To a car accident and, and go through the way I I, I dealt with it and, and the grief, and then again the following year lose my dad, and then it's like just like I said, one tragedy after another. I, I like had to kind of like how you said I didn't I didn't want to go touch that subject. I didn't want to go back to that place. I didn't want to go back to that dark place. But then I realized like no, I need to share that. People need to see that part of it. They they they're seeing the end result now. They're seeing me go go through my growth and development and and the conversations that I'm having, but they need to see where it came from, where, where, where this really kind of started in a way. And they have to know about the loss and they have to know about the tragedy. And they need to know that regardless of what you go through in life, you can pick yourself up and, and continue to, to continue to grow and, and, and learn. And for me, it, it's just been, it's like, when I when I gave up that that victim mindset, like oh, what is me? Why me? Or why why is this happening to me? And focused on, listen, this is life. This is what these are the challenges that you're that's going to be thrown ahead of you. How are you going to deal with it? Like that head, that voice in my head was like, this isn't what you're here for. This is this is not your purpose to be here, drinking away your sorrows, drinking away your problems. No, you got you got bigger things. And when and when I decided to really change that and, and focus on like, listen, life happens. Yes, it's it's I'm hurting. I'm going through. I went sought the help that I needed. Went to therapy. Spoke to people, and and that allowed me to get back to to self development. Really get back into reading and getting really wanting to do something about helping people get through these track, get through hard times. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting, man. Like the, the more you, the more you dive into this stuff and the deeper down the rabbit hole you go, the more you realize um, that as much as it's called self-development, it, it ultimately ends up being other development, right? Like as much as we get into it for our reasons, like we get into it because we need, or we want to grow or we want to be the best version of ourselves or whatever. 
the further we go, the more we pour into other people because you start to realize, and this is leadership, right? This is, goes back to exactly what we were talking about at the beginning. It's selfless influence, right? I'm selfish about being the best version of me so that I can be selfless in my service of others. So right? like you mentioned that. You, no, that's perfect because when I've had a guest on and and I told him about, because at one point I felt kind of selfish because I was enjoying doing the podcast. I was enjoying having these conversations and I was, and I thought in, in my own mind, I was like, Oh man, this is self. Is this selfish of me of really being, being enjoying these conversations? And when, and the guest goes, um, no, they're like, no, that's actually self love. And the fact that you're sharing it with your audience shows that you're not selfish because you're not hoarding this information. You're not keeping this, this content to yourself. You're sharing it with your audience, so there's nothing self. There's nothing selfish about that, because you're wanting the, uh, your audience to grow and and develop with you. So yes, you felt you felt the kind of way because you you're enjoying these conversations and you feel like it's they're like that that you're not you're doing the complete opposite. You're sharing what you're learning, and I was like, oh, okay. exactly. yeah, yeah. It's being selfish about being selfless. Yeah, right. You you're selfish in that you built the skills to be able to launch a platform like this, but now you're selfless in what you do with the platform. Yeah. Right. And, and I look at my own career the same way. I was selfish in the fact that I poured into myself. I quit my job. I put my, my career above a lot of things in my life so that I could be selfless in my service of our student athletes for 10 years. And now selfless in my pursuit of giving people the skills that they need to be successful in life and the mindset that they need to be successful in life and business and all the things that we do. I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't spend those scary hours on myself, mm -hmm. right? I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to. So to really be selfish would have been to not do that work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it, it's a really interesting, there's layers to it, but it, it's being selfish so that you can be selfless. That's that it's, it's a beautiful cycle. Like one of the things for me was all right. I, I I was like I said I was furloughed from my job. Um, we was I was getting extra money, and what I decided to do was I was gonna help. I was gonna develop my skills. I was gonna I was I'm investing quality equipment. I I got me a, a great mic. I got me a Rodecaster Pro. I started taking courses on on editing video, editing audio just things that I wanted to improve on because I felt like people were giving me something very precious, which is their time. And I wanted to give, make sure that I was giving them the best quality, quality available. So I want, like I said, I invested in equipment in myself because I wanted to make sure what I was providing was the best quality. Right. It matters. It matters. And, th and that's, and, and that's when you know it's, it's something that's important to you. Like, how you do anything is how you do everything, right? So if you start to build that piece of your character where I'm I'm gonna do this with with everything that I have, like I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the best that I have, that starts to show up in every area of your life, right? Your self-care, your relationships, the way that you put you put these shows out, what you do on your nine to five job, like it, it comes across, it's it's everything, right? And and one of the beautiful pieces of that is the fact that even for me as an entrepreneur, my business is a direct reflection of who I am as a man. Like my business reflects those same values, right? So we talk about, I talk about in my personal life, I fight for honesty, I, I'm caring, I'm driven, I'm committed to growth. 
those are all stamped all across my business and the way that we operate those same values, right? Are our business core values a little bit different? Yeah, they're tweaked a little bit, but there's traces of my values in there and there's influences from my values in there because I want that to be a reflection of me, right? I want that to be that. Um, and that's what happens when you get really, really clear on who you are and your purpose and what you're trying to do is it starts to leak into things and then you start to make decisions like that, right? So like you made that decision to invest in quality equipment. That's a legacy decision. That's a legacy decision versus when you're living on autopilot and you're not sure you make ego decisions, right? Because you're ruled by your preferences. You're ruled by those momentary impulses. You're ruled by those little feelings and that little voice in the back of your head instead of being ruled by principles and ruled by values, right? So if you're not ruled by principle, you will be, you will be ruined by preferences. I promise you, like it's either be ruled by principle or ruined by preferences. That's your choice. But if you do the work on yourself, you'll be able to make those legacy decisions instead of ego decisions. No, yeah, you're right, man. It's because <laughs> when my wife seen that I was podcasting, because I I've spent hours gaming. I used to be a gamer and spent time gaming a lot. And when I started podcasting, I just kicked that to the side. And my wife goes. I know you're serious about this. She says, I, I, I know you're serious about this because you have not touched a PlayStation. You completely abandoned it. It's collecting dust over there. She says, all right, so you're, you love doing this. You're passionate about this. What do I need to do? What can I do to help you make this profitable, make this worth what where it is? Because she, she started seeing all these 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 YouTubers and all that. She's like, wow, they she like, and she's and she and she does not watch any of my episodes. She's my biggest fan, but she's like, I speak to you enough at home. I don't need to hear you <laughs> anywhere else. But she does wear my shirts and wear my, so she she is my biggest fan that hasn't listened to an episode yet. <laughs> but the fact that she, she could easily been like, your dude, you're forty something years old. What do you mean you want to start a podcast? What do, you, what do you mean? No, don't you got some something better else to do? Like, don't you? No, she seen that I was passionate about it and I love doing it. And she like she encouraged it. She like, all right. So she helped me start my LLC. She helped me start Real Wise Productions and get that off the ground. And to have someone that supportive and and pushing me and, and inspiring and and just like she see she sees the vision. And to have someone with that, it's like, oh man, I'm like, I'm so blessed. People can feel it, man. People can feel it. When you're doing something that's aligned with your vision, people can feel that, right? And, and especially people that care about you, like they get it. You know, Somebody just said the other day, um, Olympians don't have to apologize when they go train, right? Like nobody in their family expects them to apologize, right? And it's the same concept with this. When you're chasing something that's aligned with your vision, you don't have to apologize because they get it. You know, if they truly care about you, if they truly want the best for you, they understand it. And not only that, they support it and they look for opportunities to support it because they see that it's fulfilling you. They see that it's bringing you something um, that that's hard to find. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a conversation I have a lot, probably too often with people where they're like, oh, you know, I have this passion, but it's dumb. Or I have this passion, but, you know, my wife hates it. And I'm like, you know, don't don't do that to yourself. Like there's a lot of people that go through life trying to find something to care about. And so if you have something that lights you up, man find a way, you know, one way or another. And obviously, you know, 
you got to figure out your marital issues or whatever those, you know, your spousal issues or your friend issues or your family issues, whatever it is, you got to figure that stuff out. Um, but don't let go of that passion. Like if something lights you up and something truly gives you meaning and makes you feel like, Hey, I want to get out of bed tomorrow to do this. I'm excited. You know, that's, that's so precious, man. That is so precious. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with somebody and you hit, especially somebody new and you hit on something and they, their face lights up and they start talking real fast and they get real excited. And then all of a sudden they go, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. Right. Like I hate that. I'm like, dude, don't, don't apologize. Keep going. Pour that out. Pour that out. Because that's noticed. I've noticed now that the conversations I have are, I don't have unnecessary conversations. Let's put it like that. Like, the conversations that I have now are more meaningful. Yeah. When I really spent hours talking some or time talking to someone, they're meaningful. They're they they have some substance to it. They have they haven't they have importance. They have, so the people like I, when I first started podcasting, I didn't know anyone in the podcasting industry, right? But when I start, I kept grinding and doing what I'm doing, and I'm started building these relationships and people seeing like, okay, this dude is serious about his craft. He's serious about podcasting. So now I'm attracting the people that are where I want to be and are teaching me how to get there because they see how dedicated I am there. I have people mentoring me that don't, they don't, don't have to do it. They don't have to waste their time to mentor me or to show, but they see that I'm dedicated and that I'm serious about what I'm doing that they're like, they, they look forward to sitting down and talking. They're like, oh. I've had people offer coaching that, that people pay them to do it, but they're like, I see this driving you. That's I, I want to work with you. You're making people bet on you, right? That's yeah. that's a cool, and that's being an entrepreneur, right? That's being an entrepreneur, and it's it's curating your social circle too. Like when you get to a certain point, I, I was fortunate because I got to learn this as a coach, right? You kind of had to when I got to Division One, I, I had to kind of be careful about who I surrounded myself with. I had to just be more aware of it. Because one video, one not that I do dumb things that are going to get me fired, but one out of context statement, one out of context video could could burn me, right? Could ruin everything. And so you get really aware of like, who am I surrounding myself with? And then as I got deeper into self-development and deeper into becoming the best version of myself, and I really started to raise and rise up through coaching, I was like, oh, not only am I like careful about who I'm surrounding myself with. I want the people that I do surround myself with to be pushing me to be better and be bringing value to the table. And now it's my responsibility. Like I want to feel like I have to keep up with my social circle. And when I say keep up, I don't mean materialistically. I mean like growing, like I need to keep growing so that I continue to bring something to the table, right? Like I need to keep earning my way back into my own friend group because they're growing, you know? And so that, that's Mm -hmm. really, really important to me. Um, But what you realize is as you go, you kind of develop these three layers of friends, right? So you have like this outside layer that I, I just call them connections. Like these are people that, you know, you, you like to have a beer with once in a while. Maybe you play golf with them. You watch football with them, play fantasy, whatever, right? But you're not having in-depth conversations. You're not having deep stuff. And the thing with them is you have to make sure that those people are getting access and influence to you on your terms, right? Mm-hmm. So we can't be on their terms. It's got to be on my terms, because I can't let you have so much influence on me. Otherwise it's going to slow me down. Right. And I can't let you have access on me because you're going to pull my, my attention onto things that aren't helping me. Right. And so you have that outside layer that the the middle layer, then your next layer in is going to be your team. Like these are people that are on the same page with you. These are people that you, you love. Right. 
So you like you like the people on the outside. You love the people on the second layer in. These are people that are on your team. They want the best for you. They understand your vision, your mission, your values. They want to support you. Yeah. They're maybe not on the same level as you growth-wise yet, but they're getting there, right? So I, I, yeah. I think of these people like your watch list. Like these are the people that are like, hey, th- these these people have a future, right? And yeah. then inside the, the core group, that's your tribe. Those are the people that go to war with you on a daily basis. These are people to me that I like, I love, and I respect. All three, right in the middle, and I keep them close, man. And I, and I, I feel a responsibility to that group of people that's investing in me. Like you said, those mentors, those people that I spend time with on a daily basis, like those people are investing in me. It's my responsibility to invest in myself so that I can pour back into the group so that I can make sure I'm bringing value to them. Um, and, and I think that's a really valuable lesson to learn. And it's tough because people move within the layers, right? Like as you grow and as you move up, like people move within those layers. And, and I say all the time, like access doesn't guarantee an, an extended stay. Like just because you're in here in this level at one point in my life doesn't mean you're here forever. You know what I mean? And um, I think that's, that's tough for people to swallow sometimes. And I I don't mean it in a toxic way. Like I don't cut people off in a violent way in my life. I just don't do it. But what I do do is I'm hyper vigilant about the fact that some people get altitude sickness. Right. So what I mean by that is I'm climbing the mountain, man. And I want you to come with me. I'll bring as many of you as I can. But I can't slow down and I can't stop. So if you can't, if you get altitude sickness and you can't breathe on the way up the mountain, you're going to have to wait here until you catch your breath and then you can try and catch up with us, right? I'll throw a rope down when I get to the top, but I can't slow down for you. And if they truly care about you, they understand that and they respect that. No, And then that's something that we all need to learn is that everybody can't, everybody's not going to come along for the journey. Everyone, and that's okay, and and it is, it is okay, and as as much as you want everyone to come along for that journey, that that's not their path. It's just not, it's not meant for them. And maybe it is five years from now. Maybe it is three years from now. Like, yeah. So here's a perfect example. Me and my business partner, we were close in high school. Like I said at the at the beginning of the show, we were really close in high school. We drifted apart. He went his way. I went my way. We, we kind of got back together later in college. Like we started to hang out a little bit more. And then I started to really, that was when I really buckled down on coaching. I really buckled down on self-improvement and I really dialed everything in. And so my social circle got very, very small. Mm-hmm. And at that point he was probably on the outside, like a connection. Like we knew each other. We were still friends, but we never hung out. We never really talked. Like if we, aside from like, Hey, how was the game? Right. And then flash forward all these years later, man, I, I launched this business and I meet with him and we talk and he's in a whole different place in his life. And he's had a son, he's married, he's, he's got all these things going for him. And now he's at a place where like, dude, now me and him are growing at the same speed, right? Mm-hmm. So just because you grow apart for a season doesn't mean you're apart for a lifetime, right? So you just got to let people work their process. Like you can try and bring people along. But you can't force it. And when you do try and force that stuff on people, it feels really condescending. And to me, it's disrespectful of the relationship. Like, I'm not going to try and force you to be something that I'm not, that you're not, because it's not authentic. I want to be surrounded by people that are authentic, people that are their real selves. And if I'm forcing you to be something, then that's not authentic. That's not a real relationship, right? That becomes transactional. That's me projecting my perceptions of the world and how it should be onto you. That's not fair. Right. So I'd rather you just be you follow your journey. I'll support you in any way I can, 
but I got to limit the access and influence. And then when you're ready to rejoin the tribe, doors open, bro. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You have there's sometimes like the situations where you try to help people, but if they don't want to help themselves, if they they if they're not trying to make a change for themselves, then you can't let that hold you back. You can't let that bring no, you down. No. So you have to keep keep going ahead, going ahead. and like you said, maybe down the line I dropped a, a rope and, and pull you up with me. But you gotta have to wanna do it. You gotta have to grab you're gonna have to wanna grab the rope and pull yourself up as well. Not I can't be doing all the pulling. Right. Exactly, man. Exactly. It's like I said, man, some people get altitude sickness and that's all right. That's all right, man. It's like on the airplanes. What do they say? You got to put your own mask on first. First, yeah. Put your like own you mask on. First, you can't help other people. Else, yeah. Because yeah. if I slow down, I'm not just I'm not just letting you down because I'm now going to take longer to get to where we're going. I'm mm -hmm. also letting down all the other people that I, I'm trying to impact. I'm now yeah. I'm also letting down all the people in my family. I'm letting down all the people that bet on me, those mentors that gave me a chance, the coaches that looked up to me, the, the people that brought me into their businesses, you know, my family. Like I'm letting all these other people down because I'm trying to wait for a few relationships in my life to catch up. That's, that's not right. It can't work that way, you know? So my, my saying is I still want to see you eat, just not at my table right now. That's yeah. all. It, it's nothing personal, man. And that's something, that's something Pac said. Tupac actually said that. He's like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, was like, I, was like, I don't hate you, man. And, and there's nothing against you. And I want you to eat, but just you can't eat at my table. And I, and that's, and that's fully understandable. It's really understandable because some people just they're not prepared to eat at your table. Correct. They're just Correct. not prepared. Correct. But um, David, man, this has been wonderful, man. Like, almost an hour we it just flew by. But yo, bro, this <laughs> yeah. has been great, man. I had a, I've I've really enjoyed this conversation. Now is the part of the show where you get the solo layout and you get to plug away, bro. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, brother. Well, you know, the, the number one thing for me that I always try and leave people with is is something that we said earlier in the show. Um, it's leaders are built, not born. All this stuff is is open to avail open and available to anybody that's willing to do the work. Um, you know, you can connect with me on any social media. Uh, keep it simple. I'm at Coach D Kitch on every social. Um, our website is edgeleadershipacademy.com. We do have a new cohort of our mentorship group that will be opening up here in a couple weeks. Uh, so if you want to get pre-registered for that, reach out to me. That's called the table. Um, because everybody wants to bring something to it and everybody wants to see that. So our mentorship group is called that. We also have a couple one-on-one -on -one slots of coaching available for mindset coaching, sales coaching, leadership coaching. Um, and then obviously, if you want to bring us in to work with your university or your organization, we're available for that as well through the spring. Um, so it's edgeleadershipacademy.com for all of those links. And if you can't find what you're looking for, just connect with me on social media, like I said, at Coach D. Kitch. So thank you so much for having me on, brother. This has been phenomenal. You got a great platform, uh, great people. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you, man. I greatly appreciate it, man. I, I really do it. This this has been a wonderful conversation. I've had a great time speaking to you. I, I, I always extend this this open door policy here, bro. So next year or whatever, anything you got any programs, anything you want to come on promote, shoot me a message. We'll have you back on and. I love having repeat guests on. I, I love the fact because then because I get to see where where they're at, they get to see where I'm at. So it, I, I enjoy having people come on multiple times on the show. So you're always welcome to come back on the show, brother. Thank you, thank you so much, man. Thank you, but don't leave just yet. Let me close out the show and me and you chat a little bit. And uh... <laughs> all right, so 
it is time for shout outs man big shout out to snowman thank you for coming through uh everybody who's catching the replay thank you subscribe like and share it i greatly appreciate it man big shout out to my real wise fam poppy j brandy j love you guys big shout out to the boss lady appreciate and love you baby and appreciate you a uh, big shout out to our, our guest david kitchen for coming through and sharing his story and sharing um his fantastic knowledge man i it was wonderful i had a great time and as always a big big shout out to all the essential workers out there god bless y'all be safe you know how your boy wise does it peace out <music>